Welcome back to the Combat Corner. How you guys doing today? It's the start of the year, start of the new season for Combat Corner, and we're about to jump into it today. As you guys know, the card is not until next week, Saturday, so on Thursdays, it's going to be the regular schedule programming where we put our picks in, our bets, and analyze all the fights coming up. But today, we're just going to talk about some questions that we had and want to discuss with you guys about how we felt about certain topics with the UFC. And I guess to start it off, um, we're going to jump into some questions. So first question I got for you is what makes certain fights or rivalries stand out more than others in UFC history? Um, well, you know, I'd love to say that... Mm. I'd love to say that the fights themselves made them stand out. Maybe the skill of the fighters on 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 the pedestal that they're fighting at. But in reality, bro, in reality, if we really think about it, mm-hmm. it's always about the beef. Yeah. It's always about the the fighters not liking each other. It's always about something happening between the scenes, you know? Because if we think about the greatest rivalries of, like, modern MMA – Past MMA, current MMA, it's always beef, bro. It's always yeah. Beef. So yeah, I would say it's really the beef, man. We could get into a couple, you know, probably the biggest one of all time would probably be Khabib Connor. That was a spicy one, man. I'm not even gonna lie. That one was a like I still remember those actions to this day. That's Connor with the dolly. Connor with the dolly. Fucking Khabib smacking up Connor's boy. Oh, when they hit the they hit their travel bus or something too. Connor sent a lick out. Yeah, that's yeah, the dope the, the the what's it called? Dolly. He sent a dolly through the window and all that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, prime Connor, prime memories, and as you said, the beef is really what makes these rivalries stand out. And one of the most notable ones are the uh, Connor, Khabib. And honestly, I would say Khabib, but any one of the fighters he had was kind of, you know, beef too. But the most beef was between Connor, and that was prime Connor. Is Connor still coming with the same energy now? I don't know. Well, hold on. Khabib never had beef with nobody until then. But I made it beef with, with every one of his contenders, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, but yeah, it was that, yeah, that whole thing. That's when people started saying, you know, trash, some of this trash talk was going too far. Da, da, da. Me personally, bro, when Conor McGregor said, Your wife's a towel, I thought that was funny, bro. I thought that was funny. I thought it was creative. Um, I get it. I guess I get it. <laughs> you get it. Okay. Literally, the next press conference after that, the one where he, where um, okay. he was on stage with him, the, he you could tell he was drunk, or maybe he was on the, on the um, uh, some type of substance, you know. And that's way. when he went a little too far. He started getting a little too emotional with it, you know. Yeah. I feel like when it's kind of a joke, it's a lighthearted joke, bro. Because you really look at the picture of Khabib's wife, you can't see her. <laughs> Um, past is it rude? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it ignorant? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it like crossing it... the line of saying like, "Oh, I'm a fuck your wife" or something like that? No, bro. No. It's not. It was, 
it was that was the funniest. I think that was Connor's last funny moment on the mic. Because honestly, Connor's shit talk has not been the same since. It hasn't been the same. And one of my most, uh, I guess, uh, recent memories of Connor and his shit talking was when he was on the Ultimate Fighter uh, talking against Chandler. Some of the shit had me weak too. This is not good. It's not good also because Michael Chandler is just not the guy to talk to. Michael Chandler is too positive. He's going to sit there and smile and be like, yeah, we'll see you on the fight. He's pushing P, bro. So, yeah, I mean, Connor, one of the greats in talking shit until recently. But, like, he's gotten a lot more emotional in all his uh, shit talking now. And it just doesn't have that same swagger, you know? Yeah, oh, man. another one, Jose Aldo Connor. That was a crazy build up too, because Connor hey, for really it got to end like that. Like when, when after the fight finished and Connor won, all that beef and that that just had to get squashed immediately. And I felt sad for 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 Aldo because Connor was trash talking and he was right. <laughs> you seen that clip of um of Connor walking past Aldo in a hallway and he farted on him. Oh no! Nah. Yeah, it was like during the the build up or whatever, he had to walk past Aldo and he farted right in his face. Jose Aldo was sitting, so he was like oh at level to him too. So he farted and and walked past him and laughed. And you see Jose get up and he's mad tight. That's prime Connor right there because that's Connor being funny a, man. That's when Connor was being a pest, bro. He wasn't being like a he wasn't crossing no lines then. So yeah, that was a good moment. Um, what other rivalry stood out to you? Um, who else had a great? Well, obviously, you know, we had the Jones of DC. Um, that one was probably one of the sickest rivalries because it was because John Jones is just a sociopath, like, uh, honestly, like, needs to be tested. And, um, I'm not saying you know, people know how I feel about DC, but. He's not the worst guy, you know. He's and especially his persona is that of a nice guy. But, um, like, John Jones really got it out of him, and, and honestly, DC was able to expose John Jones. I feel like for the first time, at that point, for like being like what he is, because John Jones at that point was trying to kind of make an image of like you know, uh, some UFC fighters they don't really have the personality for the game. You know, they just say the right thing. They try to be kind, respectful. But DC really brought it out of John Jones. They really show he really got uh, that one interview thing where, where the, he thought the cameras was off and he said, "Oh, are you still there, bitch?" <laughs> yeah. That's when you really saw like, damn, this guy is fucking insane, bro. Like, oh, but I supported. Why do you say bro. that? <laughs> I supported. Why do you say that, bro? That was wild. John that Jones wild. is a menace. I feel my interpretation of when the Jones and DC beef really started taking off and. Especially going into the part two and part three is where we get to see Jones just be a menace. His more menacing side came out. And to see all those feelings happen and occur to DC for him to lose all of them in the manner he did was one of the most insane things I ever watched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out Jones, shout out DC. Um, I'm gonna throw I, two. I'm gonna throw okay. two more out there. Go I'm ahead. gonna throw two more because they're kind of similar, and it has to do with um, 
training, training together, training partner type thing. So, um, yeah, first one, yeah, I got um, Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. That's a sick rivalry, and it really didn't even have to happen. You know, it's just Cody. That was because of the gyms, man. Cody's always mad. At that point, Cody was on top of the world, and I really don't see why the beef had to happen. I know Dillashaw kind of seems like a smug asshole, but, like, it was never that. It, it felt fake, but then when you realize these motherfuckers are actually, well, Cody specifically, Team Alpha Male was actually mad about that shit. It was hilarious to me, actually. But the beef was there, man. They didn't like it each was. other. And, and, and it all stems from y'all used to train together, you know? So that's that, that's one for sure. And, you know, the way that ended was crazy. That that started the <laughs> downfall of Cody Garbrandt. Now he, now he's on his rise. Cody Garbrandt's Boy. just now starting to rise. Let's see. You know? Hopefully he keep that up. And he Boy. just beat Kelleher. Like, he has a long way to go in a different division. So long way to go for him. Um, and I want to shout out, like, a even... I mean, this might have been the original, like, they used to train together beef. Um, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. Oh. That was a crazy that's, one. That's the OG beef right there. And it's just even more funny because I was watching um, Chuck Liddell on a podcast, and he was basically saying, like, there was never beef on my end. Like, it's all Tito just being <laughs> basically having CTE. And nice that is CTE, so funny bro. to me. So funny to me. Still to this day, CTE, bro. One of the most. Let me, because I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I'm not saying fighters shouldn't fight, but Tito, when I used to see him highlight any cards coming up, Bellator, UFC, whatever, anytime I see him in uh, a combat sport ready to fight, I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? Mm. Especially when he was getting older, it was just like, bro. Relax. Uh, Chuck, too. I didn't want to see him when he was older. But I feel like Chuck was well, able to Chuck stop before Tito. You feel me? That's why yeah, I respect still, I think Tito still did a couple after him. Yeah, but fact. Yeah, Both of them fought couple. for too long, in my opinion. Um, But when they were in their prime, they were wilder. So I can't front them. Chuck Lagella is a legend. And primary beef starter. Oh, the beef with Rampage and the door. That was insane. <laughs> uh, that was one of the most iconic beefs to ever hit the screen uh, okay so I'm going to go on to another question and right. how has the sport of MMA evolved over the years both in terms of techniques and popularity and with this question I got this question because I was reminiscing about how you know especially in the heavyweight division it went from just being big uh, strong and just swinging your right arm to now being more active, more of an athlete in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's crazy to see how it's changing and evolving. And that they, they go hand in hand. The reason the sport's changing and the, um, and the popularity of the sport is, is, is they go hand in hand because with the increase in popularity, which the UFC has gone like monumentally bigger especially during the pan the pandemic did it everything i think yeah i think the pandemic did a lot to bring a lot of um boxing fans a lot of casual fans yeah people that never would have never would even thought they liked this shit i think they started getting into it because they had nothing to do it was the only live sport and the ufc that was a perfect perfect um opportunity to take 
and um, it just kind of paid. I mean, they were already doing this, but it kind of shows it paved the way for what the UFC stands for. You know, they yeah. do whatever the fuck they want, and they're still doing it to this day, which is why we fuck with them as the organization. And okay, so what are your thoughts on how the women's division has been from when we remember watching it to present day? Um, you think it's been getting for the better or for the worse? I think all of them have been getting for the better, but of, of all, I think honestly, the women's division probably hasn't changed. I think the women's divisions have probably changed the least because you have the top two, three girls on the top of the division and all the other them, the, the rest of them are just, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I guess now there's a couple more girls that might, maybe there'll be five girls on top. Yeah. That handful. are like unbeatable to the rest of them. But in reality, but when we look at it, it's really just the top, okay, let's say top five girls and then nobody else can touch them. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of the men's divisions, like anybody could be anybody on any night. Um, and it all started with Strickland. That's yeah, the crazy thing. Yeah. And, um, but when we talk about the sport of MMA evolving, I would say just the way people fight too. It's like we have, I think we're at this point where we see people coming into the sport as, um, like, this is more common now, as just pure MMA fighters. Like, they don't come in with, a, a, spec- with a specialization in, in one thing. They've been training MMA from the start for them. And uh, that that's going to be a very interesting um, look as this new generation starts settling in. And they're all just training MMA. It's like, you know, for example, the calf kick. The calf mm. kick is something that came out of like when I think uh, I think people give credit to Benson Henderson as the first one to start doing calf kicks. Yeah. And it was a real shock when he was doing it. And then but now in MMA, like every fight you see someone throw a calf kick. For sure. And uh, I think it has in part to do with every, everybody's training MMA now. It's not like, oh, I'm just training Muay Thai, so I'm just going to do um, kicks to the thigh or I'm just a boxer. No, everybody, everybody's kind of throwing the same shit, you know. I agree. And I, I love to see that evolution where they're coming from an MMA background. Because from before, or like remember Johnny Hendricks, the welterweight division, a couple of divisions, most of your stars came from like a wrestling background. Yeah, and now the background has changed, and I think it's changing for the better. Oh, you think it's? I mean, wrestlers still dominate. I think I'm not saying that they don't dominate. I'm just saying the. I guess let me rephrase what I'm trying to say. The back then was very one to two dimensional, and the stars that made it crazy back then were were now getting into the two dimensional space in their styles. Uh-huh. But now I feel we're conquering to like three, maybe even four dimensional space here where you're coming in with MMA background, you're coming in with different styles already influx into you. So the, they're breaking ground on a different level, you feel me? Facts, facts. So I think that that's for the best. Um, but is wrestling still dominating? For sure. If anything, it's just changed, like, the type, like, you know, we got the Dagestani wrestling now, we got the Russian-style wrestling coming in and uh, being a lot more utilized. And people will say dominating, but we've only seen two two Dagestani champs. And that's all we needed to see dominate. (laughs) 
So I thought that it was going to be a lot scarier. And not to say that it's not going to happen, but I thought the Sambo wave was going to be a lot scarier. Like, I thought every division was going to get taken over by these guys. Um, I mean, as we've seen, Uriah went and got one for himself. He caught a Pokemon and he brought it back. So, you feel me? We're starting to see a lot of more of them pop up in the divisions. I think 2024, we might I see have, a little more rise on, in that. I have absolutely no idea where it's at. You Nah, not you right hole. You right favor. What he did? Uh, on one of his last cards, I forgot the name of the fighter, but he's also a Dagestani background and stuff like that. And Uriah got him to his camp, and now he's uh, in the UFC, and he won his last fight in the UFC. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Who who are we talking about here? I forgot I his name, too, but dog. we watched it. I, I remember Song Dong too, bro. Song Dong is he, he's training with him. Okay, I forgot this. Um, this I'll later, but either um, way, yeah. I'll find him again and we'll talk about I'll tell you Thursday or even before that. All right, but, but, but. Oh, but yeah, they are popping up and I think they're already here, but everyone is still low in their division. So 2024, we might see them start to rise up the rankings. Um, But okay. Now, my question is, in terms of techniques and popularity, how you feel 2024 is going to go? Do you think it's going to be more of a submission wave, uh, grappling dance, or do you think we're just going to see more insane KOs? Okay, let's see. Um, insane KOs, that's always going to happen. Yeah, that's a given. Yeah, but... um. Because I bring up, I brought up, I brought up moves because you remember Davy Grant's reverse triangle from the spinning back fist he did? Uh, yeah. That was an insane move, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're getting to see more that, uh, again, more dimensions in the grappling game. People being more elusive and strategic and opportunist as that reverse triangle. And then there was another person who also got a... I think he got a twister. I forgot who it was, but that twister was Oh, uh, Blackshear, Blackshear. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Shit, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be, like... I don't think anything crazy is happening with jiu-jitsu specifically. Um, uh, if anything, I think well, uh, another change is, like, jiu-jitsu is kind of dying in MMA because the... Yeah. Uh, the the willingness of most BJJ guys to be willing to just lay on their back and try to attack submissions from there is just, uh, it's not as effective anymore when you have fighters training MMA specifically to negate what you can do from, uh, from the bottom. So uh, if anything, yeah, well, that's yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be a grappling takeover. I'm not gonna lie, because because okay. because I was scared for a while when when Khabib was still in the game and I was seeing all these Dagestani guys come in. I was a little nervous. I thought it was gonna be just pure, you know, wrestling, wrestling, da da da. But Khabib's been gone now for a minute. Islam, as much as he does wrestle, he's he be he's a striker. striking too. You know, he strikes too. So I, honestly, I'm not seeing a lot of threats to be honest i mean ankalaev in the light heavyweight but we see holes in his game as well yeah so 
Um, I think it's a good thing. I think that the Sambo shit was looking a little scary. And I, 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 it's not that I don't want Sambo guys to succeed. I just want the beautiful thing about the UFC is like you, you, you wait and see. I, you don't want to know. Nothing's 100% in this sport. And, uh, and, and I think that's a good representation of that. Okay. Okay. I support it. I guess more towards my bias is after seeing some stellar grappling and submissions, I would like to see that come back a little more, I guess. Um, just to see great movement on the ground is always nice. Yeah. Um, but okay. I guess this brings us to another question I have for you on how important is mental preparation and mindset in MMA? And what are some of the strategies you use or see fighters use to maintain mental toughness? And I got this inspiration from, I remembered her name the other day and a bunch of feelings rushed in me and very mixed emotions. Most of them coming from a place of anger and it was uh, the Mackenzie Dern tale. Um, so how important is maintaining the mental toughness, especially coming in 2024 UFC battlegrounds? Wait, hold on. Um, you thought she wasn't mentally tough for that performance? I thought she was mentally tough, but I saw she folded, bro. Feel me? I saw the fold happen. She was getting fucking cracked, bro. What do you mean? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying I saw the fold. I thought she could last out those like 20 seconds or whatever she had, and that would have been it. No, you're fucked up. She was getting fucked up, bro. I'm sorry. I, that's what I said. It may be coming from a, a place of anger and distraught that's causing these mixed feelings, but <laughs> I feel uh, a lot of mental preparation is needed, especially in this new UFC coming up. I wouldn't say mental preparation as much as specifically for Mackenzie, Mackenzie Dern is you need to evolve your game. You know, that's not really mental uh, preparation. That's preparation, period. Like, the striking of hers is just horrible. And she's been here for long enough where we've seen she has some power in her hands. It's kind of Bryce Mitchell kind of thing, you know? Mm. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna upgrade that part of your game to the level that's adequate in, in, in your division, you're gonna have to change your striking altogether to be more uh more on the outskirts until you could try and get shoot for a takedown type thing, you know? Uh, when we talk about mental preparation and mindset, I thought you were talking specifically for guys that kind of um, might shrink in the spotlight or have some mental issues when it comes to the big fights. I'm talking about them too, especially the ones that we see in this card. And last year we talked a lot about it is how certain fighters, they're the reason they lose instead of win. Well, the biggest guy that I can think about right now, current day, is probably because it just happened. Is probably Colby Covington. Mm. That Leon Edwards fight was complete. Not saying Leon Edwards wouldn't have fought, won the fight already or whatnot, but um, Colby didn't show up at all. Honestly, he was getting that yeah. leg chewed up. Um, was hesitant the entire fight, and it might be the fact that you know. He's 30, what, 35, something like that. This is one of his last shots of the title. And uh, you've been away from the game for so long. And, and it seemed like it might have gotten to him, honestly. I think it did, to be honest. Um, I think a lot of 
things got to him and he just wasn't able to back up his claims. And as the fight progressed, I think he even realized he wasn't able to back up his claims. Mm -hmm. So mental toughness, mental preparation is needed, um, especially for the fighters that cause themselves to lose because they might be winning the fight and, you know, might get overzealous or whatever it may be that changes the dynamic in that fight and it will make, cause them to lose. Uh-huh. Um, but okay. So now I have some more stuff to talk to you about. Some things that we were already talking about prior, but we need to figure out how to resolve and see what's going to happen in the UFC over this year. And one of the things we have talked about and I say we finished talking about is what is the BMF title looking like? What is it going to be used for? And how is it going to be played this year? Um, My thoughts on the BMF title was that I believe Gagey still has it. Um, I think, honestly, UFC is left with two options for the BMF title. It's either they take it away fully or they hold all the power with the title as in like, since Gagey has the title, he can't say who he wants to defend. It shouldn't be left in the fighter's uh, uh, decision. It should be, I guess, the UFC's decision. And if they do decide to keep it, not only does it have to be a UFC decision, but I think they got to treat it as, like, an intercontinental champion type shit. What are your okay. thoughts on the BMF? Because I don't see any other way of them trying to make it make sense. Because it's not like it's a ranking division champion, you know? But at the same time, it's a belt. But what is the belt really standing for? And they say it stands for, you know, the baddest motherfucker out here. And, you know, to if you're going to back up that title, you, obviously it's going to have to be in different rankings. Like, for example, say if, there's a quadrilogy that needs to go on or something like that. They could fight for, like, the BMF title. You feel me? No, fuck the BMF. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so you're on so, the side of taking it out. It's so fucking stupid, bro. Like, just make a fight and say that it's fucking sick. I don't know. What the fuck? The BMF belt, in my opinion, was just a way to get um, two fighters that they knew was never going to get the, the, the belt. Uh, it's basically a money grab to begin with, in my opinion. I think it was just a way to make a uh, a card interesting mm-hmm. with uh, Jorge and Nate, both fighters that, you know, at that point, you could just tell they're journeymen. Jorge had his two shots at the belt with Kamaru. Um, yeah. There was no there was no going up from there for him. Mm-hmm. And to put the, make the whole, you know, uh, title for the BMF, it was just Nate Diaz he knows he's not fucking getting anywhere, you know, at that point. So both of them basically knew, like, I'm not getting the belt. Let me just try and promote a fake belt, make the shit happen. Y'all made it, y'all made it a thing, try to make it uh, fucking mean something. It doesn't mean shit. Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal would have been a great fight without the implications of that belt. I it agree has, with that. It doesn't help you get closer to the to the actual championship belt. Um, now 
you know, it's pass Jorge passes it on trying to give it to Dustin, but Dustin loses. It's just it's just ridiculous, you know. The fans yeah. know who the most deadly, who the bloodiest fighters are. There's no reason to say baddest motherfucker. No, because there's mo- so many scary dudes in every division. It makes no sense. You'd have to have a BMF belt for every single weight class. And at that point, what's the point of it? The whole point of the whole beautiful thing about you, the UFC is we have limited weight classes. We don't have fucking seven belts for every weight class. BMF is just ridiculous. And it was supposed to die with Jorge Masvidal. Just bringing it back to set up a Gaethje uh, Poirier fight is just ridiculous, in my opinion. So I think they should take it out because keeping it in is only going to lead to more, I want to say, not the best decisions and only going to add more influx with fighters wanting to fight for that. And as you said, like, I couldn't even figure out, um, <clears throat> I couldn't even figure out what and how to use the BMF title after that Gagey fight, you know? And I don't want to leave it in the fighters' hands because they're n- that's not a championship belt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, what else have we needed to discuss about? All right. What are your thoughts on the heavyweight division right now? I'm looking through the rankings, and we already know the champion for the heavyweight is John Jones. But we both know Jones is out on injury, and we know Stipe is out on injury. Stipe is out? I don't think he's out on injury. Didn't, oh, my fault, my fault. I'm mixing it up. So Steepy's now injury. Uh, Jones is on injury. Injury. Yeah. But who is Tom gonna fight? And if Tom fights this year, is he just defending the interim champion? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a real clusterfuck, and it, it's the same thing. It kind of reminds me of the BF BMF thing. Like it's some weird politics that are going on here. Mm. That's really just uh, it's not what you like to see in this organization. At the end of the day. It's probably not that big of a deal, you know. But I can see how Tom Aspinall just winning the interim belt is kind of pissed off because it's like, yo, interim belt is not the belt belt. And even though I know he could feel like the champ and he should feel like the champ, uh, you're not the champ until you beat the champ, apparently. Right? Yeah. And uh, John Jones isn't coming back for a, a good minute. A while. Sure. Maybe until the end of next year, if anything. Yeah, and Tom... He's on momentum. He's still young. He wants to fight somebody, and he wants it to mean something. I mean, he should. This he has the right for that, you know. So yeah, so he's calling out John Jones. He's calling out uh, Stipe, and I love Stipe. You know, heavyweight goat. Fucking love the trilogy with DC. Great guy. Amazing. Um, you've been sitting out for like one, two years, two or three years, honestly. Now, and uh, to wait for this John Jones fight, which is just like, bro. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think if the fight didn't already happen when it needed to, as of last year, like even when that fight was going to happen, not to say I wasn't uh, super excited and ecstatic to see it, I was, I was, but at the same time, now that time is passing, and the heavyweight ranking system is in influx, like. We need to see need to see some stabilization in it. 
And then Jones getting injured on top of that is already putting time away from any championship uh, belt for that division to be had this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this, you know? It's uh, it's a bunch of fuck here. So, let's go to another division that we were talking about earlier this year. Well, all throughout last year, to be honest. And it was, I believe, the welterweight division where it also needs... Uh, I think the welterweight division needs new blood. And it definitely needs uh, more consistent fights. Yeah, it definitely is getting old on the top, too. It's really yeah. middle-aged, uh, about-to-be-middle-aged fighters that are up there. Um, I mean, yeah, I think if I had to put money on it, I probably think mm. Mm, it's probably Shavkat's division, bro. Especially if you're thinking about young blood. Like, that guy's young. He's He's got that build, the lanky build, which is tough to deal with. And he has the wrestling in his back pocket. So, I also agree. This is definitely Shavkat's division right now. Um, hopefully, you know, 2024, we get to see a little title run. Because the only person above him is Bilal Muhammad. And then number one is Usman. Yeah, and Bilal is probably going to get the, the title fight with Leon. With Leon, yeah. Because Leon announced that he's going to have a fight. And Bilal weighed in uh, for this fight. Uh, that came in as a backup. So Bilal versus Leon is happening again. Uh, and the thing is, you know, if I hadn't seen Bilal up, uh, like make some upgrades to this game, I would probably say easily Leon again because Leon in that first fight was looking real scary. Mm. But Bilal, as much as you know, it's hard to remember the name. He uh, he's been making some improvements to his game. And, uh, yeah, I'm not denying it. I've seen it. I've seen. He, he's not gonna come out there like Colby. He knows what he has to do, and he's gonna stick to his game plan no matter what. So you know, it, it could it could be. I'm not gonna say interesting, but it could could be tough for Leon. I definitely think after Colby, whoever he gets fights and whoever does whoever is his contenders for 2024, I definitely believe it's gonna be some hard challenges. Um, for Leon, but now looking at the rankings, right? We see Kobe drops to number five, and number six is Thompson. Do you think we could get a Thompson versus Covington fight this year? I think it, I think it could be possible, bro. Because Kobe need Kobe said he's trying to come back, you know, and uh, both those guys lost that night, and Kobe still has enough of a fan base where he could beat a guy that's under him. Or a guy that's next to him and, and get brought up the rankings for it. I see. Under Wonder Boy is Sean Brady. Sean Bra- didn't Sean Brady have a fight booked already with somebody? No, nah, he he fought uh Gaslam. He fought Gaslam and he doesn't have another fight booked? Nah. He's um, just he's just floating right now. And what do you do you think Sean Brady would fight uh Colby? I mean, that could be a great matchup right there, too. Um, I think Colby, at this point, is going to be very strategic. I don't think he's doing that. He's, I don't think he's going to fight a grappler who's actually young and strong. Uh, not to say Stephen, a. Stevens, I mean, Stephen Thompson isn't, uh, isn't strong, but 
there's a there's a pretty simple game plan to to Stephen Thompson is go for the wrestling and that's just gonna be easy for Colby, you know. For sure. Um but definitely after seeing Colby's lackluster performance, um, you know, he this might be the year where he drops down the rankings. Oh my god, if Thompson yeah, if Wonder Boy if Colby comes in trying to perform like he was with uh Leon, Wonder Boy might get a sick finish on that, bro. Yeah. I would love yeah, to bro. Do that. That's why that's why I want to see because after seeing Wonder Boy not win that, um, all props to Shavkat. But after seeing Wonder Boy not win that, I think he could you could we could throw him a Kobe, you know? Because imagine like not to say Sean Brady can't go against Thompson, but like I'm trying to send Kobe outside of this division. But who else we have? Oh, another person that was supposed to fight in this division and didn't was Vicente Luque. Oh, yeah. Did they announce who he's going to be fighting now? Nope. I'm even looking at fights coming up for him. Nothing. He got absolutely fucked by this shit. Um, Nothing. And that's all politics there, you feel me? Yeah. And then Gary's got rebooked for somebody else, right? Yeah. That's so fucking crazy. He he's he's fighting Geoff Neal. Jeff Neal versus oh, that's a fight that was supposed to happen. So that that could be interesting because they got a little bit of a beef now. Got a little beef as well. You know, hopefully this goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have twenty twenty four Michael Venom Page coming to the UFC. What are your thoughts about that whole uh, fiesta in the making? I think that's going to be great and. Um... Him fighting Kevin Holland is a crazy fight too. Yeah, Kevin Holland fighting anybody is a crazy fight. Um, shout out Kevin Holland. Do you? I, I guess we could wait until further to discuss how we feel about that matter. Um, I mean, who knows? We might we we could change our opinion. So if you have a pick, you can make it now, bro. I mean, I'm uh, from seeing Michael Venipage's work. I have faith in him. Faith UFC level, I'm not sure, but as we were talking about earlier, how now in the game people are coming in with as an MMA background, MMA style. I feel Venom Page is one of those people that are coming in with MMA style. Holland is more of a unique, traversal style he created for himself, you know. So uh-huh. seeing those clash would be very interesting, but I'm going with Kevin Holland. I got to back him up, man. Okay, okay. Uh, How are you leaning? I think I will probably lean Kevin Holland as well because I think he has more of a technical game where Michael Page has been uh, kind of been able to feast on on uh, on some lesser competition in Bellator and stuff like that. And... Uh, Kevin Holland hasn't really been chin checked before, you know. He he just keeps coming, and I don't think Michael Page is going to try and wrestle him. So, um, I think I'm going to go see guy in that in that case, you know. As well as yeah. Michael, Michael Page is getting up there in age too. I think he's yeah. 37, so um, it's kind of a rough time to, to to transfer, you know. Especially in the welterweight division right now. Yeah, and when you're used to fighting guys that are smaller than you uh, in terms of height, and then you come into the UFC, you're fighting Kevin Holland, who has a long reach. 
tall, experience, lanky. He knows how to use his, his uh length pretty well too. You know, it could be a, it's this could be a real banger of a fight. Yeah, I think sure. just like you, I think I would take. I think I might take Kevin Holland at the moment. I think this fight is going to bring out the best in both of them because what had me leaning towards Holland was the experience and the adversity he has to deal with, which prepared him for Michael Vennon Page. You know, from what I've seen, I think Holland would have the patience to to take the dub. But to another surprising thing that happened last year and what's going to come up soon is do you think, I well, I hope this is going to be the era of Strickland. But are you ready to see him go? To see him go? What you mean? Do you think he's going to win against Dupli- Duplessis? Um, or do you think he's going to be champion for this year? In this I position? mean, that kind of answers the question if I think he's going to win or not. But uh, I think... I'm going I'll... for Strickland all the way. All the I'm way. definitely rooting for Strickland. Um, I could see ways in both of them winning, but I think I think I'm probably gonna lean Strickland for actual. I'm trying to be unbiased for some unbiased reasons as well. Okay, you know, I know I don't like how Duplessis, um, you know, handled that press conference. I'm not gonna, you know, hold that all that against him. There's some genuine reasons, some genuine holes in his game that Strickland could, could break down. Strickland. Yeah, Strickland but at the same time, Strickland has some some issues he could address as well. So, yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> I think I'd probably lean Strickland, and I'll get I'll, you know I'll get I'll get more into that on the breakdown. But okay, oh all right. So looking at the light heavyweight, uh, which is now Pereira's division, mm-hmm. it's crazy how forgotten Jamal Hill has become. Yeah, it's fucked. And that's another political game right there in itself. But do you think we're going to see any anything enterprising from him this year? From both of well, them? Well, Jamal, he's coming Hill? back from... Jamal Hill's coming back from his injury. So, I mean, I think he deserves a shot. You know, the entire belt thing... Do you think they're going to give him the belt off rip? Or do you think they're going to throw him, like, a little alley? Uh, I think that... It all depends if Israel's coming back, if he's going to try and challenge. Um, what if he tries to go to light heavyweight, you know? Mm. What if um, What if Alex Pereira tries to go up to heavyweight? Who knows? Mm. You know, there's so many different factors. Uh, but I think if Jamal Hill does come back, that's a good fight, bro. Jamal Hill, people sleep on him. Yeah, he's got power in his hands, and I like how, bro, that that Glover fight sits very well for him, bro. That Glover is no joke, and Jamal Hill dismantled him, and where Yuri went into a slobber knocker with him. Yeah, almost everybody in light heavyweight went into a slobber knocker with Glover. You know, everyone had him rocked. Everyone thought they were gonna win, and then they end up losing. You know. Jamal Hill never even let it get to that point. He was just decimating him. And uh, Alex Pereira, as great as a kickboxer he is, accomplished everything. There there are some things to be said about him when he's under pressure. Mm. Um, especially, like, back to the cage. 
uh, and someone throws an assault towards him, there's some things, some 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 red flags there. Even Yuri sure. was, was kind of breaking down the the defense a little bit, breaking down the walls before he got clipped. Uh, so yeah, it, that could be a super interesting fight because Jamal is big for that. Jamal's a big guy, uh, and Alex Pereira. He's probably similar to Pereira's height, whereas Pereira was kind of bigger than Jan, uh, bigger than Yuri by a little bit. I think Jamal Hill might be around his height and possibly a little more thick, you know? Yeah. With the knockout power as well. Knockout power in the hands. That's the thing that I'm like, he's got some hands on him, bro. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think him coming back into this light heavyweight division is going to help this division grow and bring back some spice. Not saying there isn't spice in this division. We got a bunch of heavy hitters, especially like top five heavy hitters. But in top five, number four is we got Jan. And Jan was was the one that is out of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he's coming back from this injury until like same Thomas Jones, probably around later this year, if anything. Yeah, who knows? I don't. I don't know what the. I know that he had to get another one on his other shoulder. So yeah, another intensive uh, shoulder surgery. Yeah, I don't know what the recovery's like on those. So yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough, but the most uh the most uh fight coming up from the light heavyweight division is we're gonna see Ankalaev go back with Walker. And yep. I'm excited. Oh. And I'm excited for that. Have you seen any... I guess we'll talk about that fight when it comes sooner to that fight. How that mm. breakdown goes. Because I have a couple of thoughts on that fight as well. Especially from that tease that we got earlier this year. Oh, especially about these teases. 2024, bro. Let me hear how you're feeling about what the ref should be doing in the cage. Uh, just more of what we've already discussed, you know, being more enforcing the rules more heavily. Um, there's always going to be some bullshit, you know, but I just think that the year has been a little bit, last year has been a little lackluster with the cage grabs, eye pokes, stuff like that. I think they should be enforced a lot heavier. And um, I'd like to see some, I'd like to see some unity with the refs. Like there's certain refs. Yeah. Are absolutely like fine with someone just uh, laying and praying an entire round. Certain guys that stand people up right away. There's like so many different uh, approaches. I feel like if the refs were a little bit more concise and uh, and kind of had more unity in what they how they reacted to certain fouls and stuff, maybe fighters will get the memo that like, oh yeah, I can't I can't just get away with grabbing the fence three times. And not getting a point taken away from me, like uh, maybe people would take that stuff a little more serious if there was it's harsher rules every fight, you know. For sure, you know you brought up such a key word here, uniformity, and we definitely need to see that in the UFC this year, from weight divisions, ranking systems to refs in the cage, and hopefully they do improve upon that because last year was a shit show for that, and this mm-hmm. year hopefully you know Dana. Let's get some uniformity, reinforce the system, make sure these fighters 
fighters that are not speaking English that come from anywhere else, let them know how important it is to comply with the regulations of the ring. Uh, because at the end of the day, we need our fighters to fight, and for that, they need to be fighting safely. Mm-hmm. So with that, you got anything else you want to say to the fans, to the people? Now I'm just excited for 2024. It's good to be back. You know, th- these last uh, two or three weekends have been crazy. Like, like I've been going crazy waiting for a fight. Yeah. Um, we got it. We got a, a interesting uh, second fight coming up with uh, Ankalaev and um, what's his name, uh, John Morgan. Walker. Great, great to see that happening again. It's gonna be so you know. Uh, we got we got a great year coming up, you know. McGregor's coming back. Hopefully. Yeah, we oh. got some shit cooking up, you know. So hoping this year is even better than the last. We're gonna be here covering every fight. And so, is, yeah. So with that, as my boy said, we're gonna be covering every fight. This year is gonna be greater than the last. And thank you guys for tuning in last year. And this year, we're gonna do more for you. And that's really it. So, job bless and be great. Safe thing.